98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. Five o'clock hour here on the Burns and Gambo Show on this Thursday. Good afternoon. Hope you're having a good Thursday. Today is uh, our last show together for a while, for about a week, week and a half. I'm going on a much long-delayed summer vacation. Summers, I, I know the calendar says the summer's over. We really didn't do much summer vacation-wise this summer. So my wife and I are going on vacation starting tomorrow. We'll be gone all next week. And then by well, the time... Tim Ring filling in. Tim Ring filling in. Always excited to hear Tim Ring on the radio. That man brings it. He brings it. And he'll be br- bringing it. He better be. What, when he's filling it? place in you. He's I mean, filling it for me. Bring, it's, yeah. it's tough shoes to fill. Big shoes to fill. And then we'll be back together. Uh, by the time we're back together doing uh, radio shows, it'll be the week of the opener for the Arizona Cardinals. Here we go. It'll be here. We'll be 48 hours away from the opening of the NFL season when the Rams play the Bills on Thursday Night Football. How about that? And if there's any justice, Aaron Donald will be suspended for that game. I know. Rams I know. For swinging his helmet around during that Listen, practice not, today against the Bengals. He got killed somebody. I'm, I'm serious. You go look. You go watch the video and tell me I'm wrong. He could have killed somebody the way he was swinging that helmet around. He should be suspended. Miles Garrett got suspended six games for hitting Mason Rudolph with the helmet. I, I think he should be. I think he should be suspended. A good get today by our morning show Bickley and Murata. They got uh, Charles Barkley on their show, and of course, there's no shortage of things to talk about with Charles Barkley. And before I play anything else, I want to play this. You know, we've been giving away these sunburst jerseys, the original. Yeah. 92, 93 jerseys that the Suns will be wearing as throwbacks this year during certain select games. The first thing they said to Charles this morning was, can you believe it's been 30 years since the Suns traded for you? And he's like, it's been 30 years? <laughs> I'm sorry if I ruined your day. Hey, no, has it been 30 years for real? Yeah, 92. Oh, my God. Isn't man. that nuts? <laughs> Let me play the beginning of that because I didn't the button push. Are you serious? <laughs> I'm sorry if I ruined your day. Hey, no, has it been 30 years for real? Yeah, 92. Oh, my God. Isn't man. that nuts? Yeah. Oh, my God. That makes me feel. Old. 30 years. Makes, he didn't even know it was 30 years. It makes me feel old. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm like the Crypt <laughs> I, was in, uh, I was an intern at Channel 12 the summer that Charles Barkley yeah, but you got know what the, you, know, you know what's not bad about age is mm. that like you remember those years and his other Suns fans that don't. They were great years. They, they were. Great they years. were. That first year, Charles Barkley was maybe the right, most fun okay. I've ever had being a and, Suns and fan. So it was a blast. If you have 30 years old right now, you have no recollection of that year. Yeah, it's too bad. You missed out. It was a lot of fun. Right, if you're 25, 30, you might be 35 and not be able to remember that, right? Yeah. If you were 35, you were what, five years old? Five years you may old. not remember. It. You'd remember snippets, bits and pieces, yeah, listen, but not all of it. I remember as a kid, and yeah, I'd run into these old times. You didn't see Mickey Mantle play? No, I didn't. I was, wasn't born yet. How did you not see Mickey Mantle? I didn't see Mickey Mantle. Like, I would have the guys, they would tell me about Joe DiMaggio and watching Joe DiMaggio, Mickey Mantle play. I'm like, I'm sorry. Sorry, it's not my fault. Sorry. What can I do? You know? Not I, my fault. Yeah, I didn't see those guys play. Yeah, it makes him. me feel old, but you're right. I'm glad I was able to watch that because it was a lot of fun. All right, so Barkley this morning. Morning, and of course, on the topic of Kevin Durant. Now that we know that KD's not going to come here, uh, and even if he had, Charles Barkley probably would have taken a blowtorch to Kevin Durant. He likes doing that, and there was no shortage of that today. Oh, you know, all the old guys, 
get mad when we say it. He piggyback on the Warriors to win his first champion, two championships. But if you go back and look at his career, as the best player and being a leader that all goes with that, he's been an abject failure. I mean, every time he's been like the guy who has to be the leader and the best player, uh, he has not had success. It's true. And that's what us old guys think about him until he becomes a leader and best player on a championship team where he has to deal with all responsibility, all the media stuff that goes with it, expectations. So we're always going to hold that against him. Is that fair? Is that accurate? Yeah, I think it's pretty fair. I mean, he did it his way. Um, he's a great player. He's going to go to Hall of Fame. He's got two championship rings. It's just the way he went about it, I think, could be questioned. Now, one of the things you love about Barkley, he never holds back. He doesn't care. Like, he doesn't care what any of the current players think about him. He, he doesn't, he just literally does not care about any of the. So he'll take a blowtorch to Kevin Durant. Like, he was in Oklahoma City. He had a great team there, and he bailed out. He went to Golden State, and he won two championships, and he bailed out. He went to the Nets, and he quickly wanted to bail out. And, you know, so I think what Barkley's look at it, listen, I think it's, I think Barkley, Barkley did it too, right? So, um, you know, so Barkley, you know, throwing stones like he did oh, it. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, I love Charles Barkley, but you you talk about 30 years ago. Yeah. I'll go 26 years ago when the, the summer of the NBA finals between the Bulls and the Sonics, halftime of game one, Charles Barkley goes on national TV and he takes a blowtorch to the Suns organization with one goal in mind. I, I'm getting out of here. I'm done. And anybody who was watching that game thought, oh, my God, that's it. Charles Barkley is, is completely completely going after the Suns organization. Why did he want out? Because they had traded Dan and because the window to win a championship was over. Was, over was it really and, over? And he, yeah, it was over. Okay. It was done. And he was ready to go somewhere where he had another chance to win a championship yeah, before his career was done. And he yeah. didn't get it. And he didn't get it. But I, 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 I can remember exactly where I was when Charles Barkley took a blowtorch to the Suns organization. So yeah, it is a little bit of the pot calling the kettle black, but it's, it's Barkley and he's telling it like he feels and his nickname for Kevin Durant was solid. He just seems like a miserable person, man. I call him Mr. Miserable. He's never going to be happy. <laughs> it's true. Every, I mean, everybody's giving him everything on a silver platter. Mm-hmm. You know, he he was a man in, in, in Oklahoma City. They loved him. He owned the entire state. And then he bolts on them and goes to the Warriors. He wins back-to-back championships, and he's still not happy. He goes to Brooklyn. They give him everything he wants. Wants, and he's still miserable. That's why I call him Mr. Miserable. <laughs> wow, he really did. He took a blowtorch to, to Kevin sure Durant. Did. He sure did. Now, Kevin Durant, I don't know if Kevin Durant's going to respond to that or not. I imagine he will. Kevin Durant always responds to people on Twitter. So Kevin Durant's one of those guys that kind of fights back when you say something about him. So I'm curious to see if tomorrow there's some reaction from Kevin Durant on what Charles Barkley said. Because this is being picked up nationally. USA Today and Sports Illustrated and other, people's have, have, other people have picked this up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I would imagine. Imagine when word circles back to Kevin Durant that Charles Barkley called him Mr. Miserable. I just checked KD's Twitter account. He hasn't Nothing said anything yet. about it yet. No, but I, I, I suspect you're right. Charles, being a local guy, also had a couple things to say about Kyler Murray. We go from KD to K1. He had a couple things to say about Murray's situation this summer. Of course, it was tumultuous, the contract extension, the homework clause, etc., etc. Barkley said today with Bickley and Murata, he definitely can relate. I, I like the controversy in the offseason with Kyler. Murray. I like it because when you start holding
holding your stars accountable. You know, I went through it with Jerry, and I went through it with Cotton. You know, like, hey, when you're the man, you got to be the man. I'm like, it is what it is. I understand <laughs> it. So I like the fact they challenged him this offseason, and uh, I think it's going to really pay dividends going forward. That's a unique perspective. I never really thought about it like that. Like, even though they put the clause in, they took the clause out. Just the mere fact that they had the audacity to do that, to challenge him, to kind of put him in that position, is that going to make Kyler Murray a better quarterback, a better leader because they put that in there and took it out? You know, like I think you're either a leader or you're not a leader, right? I don't think, I mean... Some people are wired that way and others aren't. So it's the time eventually and experience and all of that stuff can help a little bit. Of course, you get more comfortable. Um, but if he had leadership capabilities when he was in high school and he had leadership capabilities in college, well, then damn well is going to have leadership capabilities in the NFL. But to the point of time, like it may just take, you know, may he maybe now as a, as a more of a veteran who's had success, it might be his time to, to handle that. Yeah, I just don't know if the humiliation that came with that, I, is that going to benefit him? I, I, I don't think it's going to hurt him. I, you don't think so? No. You think it's water off the back? No big deal? He's got $230 million. Yeah, he did. Starting quarterback. I mean, he's got his friend here. He's got Cody Ford here now. He's got Hollywood Brown. I don't think... I mean, it is what it is. It's over with, and you, you know, it, like I don't think you can go back. I don't think you can look back at him. You can't worry about it. It was just announced that comedian Tom Segura is headed to Celebrity Theater. It's a special Netflix taping of his New World Tour. Now, tickets go on sale tomorrow at 10 a.m. You can win a pair of tickets right now by visiting the contest page at ArizonaSports.com. And it goes without saying, but I'll say it anyway. If you want to hear the entire Barkley interview with Dan Bickley and Vince Morata and the morning show, Go to ArizonaSports.com. You can listen to all of it or the Arizona Sports app. You'll be able to hear it all in its full context there. Now, when we come back, Cody Ford getting traded to the Arizona Cardinals surprised a few of us, given that he wasn't a cornerback. How is he adjusted, and how soon is he going to be ready to go? Because he might need to be ready pretty quick. That's coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show. 7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. Cody Ford today at Cardinals practice. Of course, Cardinals practice is in Nashville, Tennessee, as they're working out with the Titans right now. Today wasn't like a full practice or anything. But Cody Ford met with the media for the first time since the trade, the one that saw the Cardinals give up a fifth-round pick to Buffalo to get the offensive lineman here. Um, he was asked, Darren Urban referenced this earlier. I'm going to start the conversation with this soundbite. He was asked the question why this opportunity will work for him, and he was very honest because I don't know if it's going to. I mean, you never know. I mean, no, to be honest, no one said that it is going to work out, but the hopes of it is it, that it does, and I think the difference here is that, you know, I'm... It's a gamble on myself, you know, being that I I wanted the, the new opportunity. Like, I, I, I've taken this gamble on myself, and that's the beauty of it. It's like, I'm, whatever happens, it's all on me. I like that. I like that. Not, don't take anything for granted. Yep. I got an opportunity here. I got to take advantage of it. Nobody says it's going to work for me just because it's a change of scenery. 
Uh, he did. He was playing well in the preseason. He said he was one of the best offensive linemen, but he was not going to be a starter. He uh, he wanted to start, so they moved him because he was not one of the starting five. So they moved him, and the Cardinals now get a player who's you know second round pick, can play tackle, can play guard. Uh, had some issues, obviously. That listen, they're not trading him because he was good. <laughs> they're trading him because they didn't feel like he had a future as a starter on that offensive line. They were they got rather get a pick for him. Yeah, it, it's. I mean, let's let's be cautious about how good a preseason Cody Ford was having. He was he just got traded for a fifth round pick. It could have been that good for the Buffalo Bills, but for the Cardinals, they get him, and he, he was practicing with the ones today. He was asked, "Did the Cardinals just kind of drop you in with the ones?" They kind of gave me a heads up, but I didn't. It didn't really like hit me until there was a hey, you're going with the ones. Like, all right, well, that's cool. But like I said, football is just football. But based off of the fact that he was practicing with the ones today, and some of the comments by Cliff Kingsbury yesterday, it has led some to wonder. And I'd put myself in this camp very much so. If everything's all right with Justin Pugh, you know, because he's got the shoulder stinger, and one of the things we both thought about, and we talked about this on the show when Cody Ford was acquired, my first reaction was, uh oh, who's hurt? Who's hurt? Yeah. You know, I get the depth thing, and I'm all for depth, and I'm all for maybe he's your future guard in future years. I'm, I'm all for that. But given that we were all expecting a trade for a corner, and instead it was a trade for an offensive lineman, my first thought was, oh, man, is Will Hernandez hurt? Is Justin Pugh hurt? Did they need to go out and get a guard here? The comments by Cliff, and let me pull them up here real quick because these are the ones that raise some eyebrows here. Uh, Kingsbury, quote, we're excited to be able to come out here and pick up enough to go in there was pretty impressive. We've just got to keep spoon-feeding him the offense and get him ready for week one. Close they would quote. Want, don't you think they would want him ready for week one no matter what if he's going to be the backup guard? Like, if he's going to be your best backup guard, there are levels of urgency. Okay, but you, if he's going to be the backup guard, yeah, you want him ready for week one. If he's going to be the starting guard, you need him ready for week one. There, there's different levels here. It's that you've, it's, it's not like you're going to, the ramp up to week one is far more intense and far more labor specific if you know he might be starting well, for Justin Pugh. He's playing in the preseason game. Oh, yeah. He's going to play in this preseason game. Yep. They're going to get him out there. I mean, Cliff had a comment about it that it's uh, you know important to get him out there and get him used to the the players and the, the plays and things like that. So I don't know, but you know, I, I'm not sure about the injury to Justin and how long that will be and if that will derail him from being available for the opener. I don't know, but it does seem like yeah, you've got Cody Ford here. You got to do everything you can to get him ready for that first week. Here's Cliff. You mentioned this on expecting Ford to play Saturday against the. Titans in the preseason. Yeah, we want to get him uh, a comfort level playing in our system and just how we operate and the tempo of things. And, and so I expect him to play a little bit tomorrow. And to be honest, you a might little be, bit. Play yeah, a little bit. Play a little bit. And you might be right. It might be that Cliff just meant in general we have to get him ready for week one, right? Like we want to get him in there, get him out there, get him ready for week one. And he could have just been speaking in generalities. And of course, if he's going to be your backup guard, yeah, you want to have him ready for week one because you, you you might not need him. You might somebody might get hurt, but. But if he's going to start because there's something wrong with Justin Pugh, and that's just a speculation. We don't know. I'm just I'm just speculating here. But if there's something wrong with him, man, you've got to get him ready quick. you got to get him up to speed pronto if he's going to be your starting left guard in that game. Yeah, they should be able to. 
They've got time. They've got time. But you know what? You're like this trade for a corner that we keep talking about, this acquisition of a corner. We got to get going on that. Like, I, I know we jokingly played your voice message from Cliff to Steve Kime yesterday. It's, it's, you got to get a guy in here, especially not knowing what's going on with Antonio Hamilton. Right. You've got to get a guy in here and get him ready because that cornerback room is not nearly what it needs to be going into week one. And if you're no. going to make a move, you got to do it, man. Listen, there's a lot of trade candidates right now. There's a lot of, you know, I was just looking at a story on NFL.com from the NFL roster bubble note players who could be traded or cut, and there's a lot of potential trade candidates. I don't see a lot, you know, offensive tackles, wide receivers, offensive tackles, more wide receivers, you know, Darius Slayton, uh, Terrace Marshall Jr., Isaiah Wynn, uh, Jalen Rieger, Andre, uh, Andre Dillard. I'm not seeing, you know, Mason Rudolph, who we were just talking about, who got hit in the head by Miles Garrett um, years ago with that helmet, just like the Aaron Donald situation today. Uh, Ross Blacklock. I mean, there's a lot of guys I don't see a corner out there yeah. that's in that list, but I know I know that they have worked the phones. I know that they have tried to acquire a cornerback, and they are they are still trying to acquire one via trade. Now we do know this: come Tuesday, you got to have cut down day. There's like 800 players that there's, are going to be available. There's going to be a Tuesday. lot of players available on Tuesday, but then it's a free for all, yeah. right? It's a free for all as to who can get those guys. It's a free for all, and, and I mean, look, at the end of the day, it's one of those one man's trash is another man's treasure kind of situation and understand. I mean, it it goes without saying that it's like this with every position in the NFL. Corners in particular, teams don't let good ones go. They just don't. So I would caution everybody. Anybody you get in a trade, anybody you pick up off the waiver wire, there's a reason that guy was available. All right. There's a, now, as the Cardinals proved last year, and Luke Lipinski made this point earlier, as the Cardinals proved last year with Rasul Douglas, sometimes one man's trash is indeed another man's treasure. Like he went to Green Bay and has been spectacular. It seems like that's a fairly fairly rare occurrence, though. And I think mostly you can kind of count on it. if they go get a corner. There's no guarantee that guy's going to be good. There's a reason why that guy was available. No, like you look at the 49ers, they're going to release a couple of good edge rushers because they've got a lot of them. So the 49ers are are a team that you look at and you say okay, you know they they're going to they're going to when cut down days when cut down day comes, they've got a they got Bosa, they got Ubakum, they've got Drake Jackson, but they got a lot of other players too. So they're going to be a team that somebody looks at and keeps an eye on that roster because they they're deep at that one position. Yeah, so I guess you have to target the teams that are really deep that at corner. deep at corner. Yeah, and and hope that one of them I, I just Yeah, somebody's Sixth cornerback may be the third cornerback on another team. I'm just leery of anybody who's available this time of year because typically they're flawed. But sometimes teams just have an abundance of of talent at one position. By the way, as you pointed out today in the email, and we haven't talked about this yet, the Texans did cut a veteran defensive back, uh, Fabian Moreau. They announced yesterday afternoon they cut him. He signed with the Texans in May. He was with the Falcons for a year. He's been in the league for five years. He's a former third-round pick. He was drafted by the Washington franchise in the uh, third round of that draft five years ago. 186 tackles, 25 pass deflections, six interceptions. Maybe he's a guy the Cardinals look at? Yeah, I don't know. trying to check. I mean, he, he struggled in coverage. He allowed opposing an opposing passer rating of 115, and he gave up eight touchdowns. Oh, so see, that's, that's why he just got that one-year deal with the Texans for $2 million. He gave up eight touchdowns, and quarterbacks had a passer rating of 115 against him, so he did really struggle last 
last year. It's a shame you're hoping a Rasul Douglas is out there at some point in the next week, either via trade or through the cuts, because you had a Rasul Douglas. You didn't know what you had until yeah, he was gone. Now he's one of the top cornerbacks on that Green Bay team. We've got the Burns and Gambo Show podcast, and of course you can, like any podcast you love listening to, you can just subscribe right now on your iPhone or your Android, and you're not going to miss any of our shows. The Burns and Gambo Show podcast is brought to you by Carol Royce Keller Williams Realty East Valley. Get more money selling your home. Go to carolhasthebuyers.com. That's carolhasthebuyers.com. If you were to click on a link on a story of one player or coach from every NBA team who has the most to prove this season, who would that player or coach be for the Suns? Is it DeAndre? Is it Chris? Is it Monty? That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. Doug Howler was, we've cited his work a lot today. He's had a lot of good work. He's had a career of a lot of good work. He's been a good writer here in town for a number of years. He's uh, one of the, he's like the main writer for The Athletic here in the Valley, the Athletic website. And each NBA city, each NBA writer was asked to pick one player or coach who has the most to prove for their NBA team this year. I'll be honest. I clicked on the link today and I started scrolling down. It's alphabetical, so you got to go down a ways to get to the Phoenix Suns. Gambo, I totally expected the one player or coach for the Suns that would have been chosen who had the most approved this year to be Chris Paul. That's who I would have picked. I, I thought for I, sure that's who it was going to be. I mean, be. because they because of Chris's struggles last year. I mean, he really struggled against the Dallas Mavericks. He had some bad games. He had one bad game against New Orleans. He had a couple of great games against New Orleans. Uh, but he had, some, he had one really, he had one really bad game, and he struggled a couple times with the three-point shooting in that series, if I remember correctly. He had a couple of offers on the three-point shooting, but it was the Dallas series where he really got done in. I mean, they really figured out a way to take him out of his game and his element, and he wasn't able to contribute and help the Phoenix Suns uh, in a few of those games, and it ended up doing the Suns in. So, I think, you know, he's getting older. The, 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 you're running out of time to win that elusive championship. There's more and more pressure on him two years ago, and now the West, you know, a lot of people may feel like the window for the Suns was those two years because now Jamal Murray's coming back, Kawhi Leonard's coming back. The you know, Memphis has grown up as a team. Golden State got healthy. Like so, that window was those two years. These last two years, the window was open, and now it's going to be much more difficult for the Suns to break through because of just how difficult the West yeah, is. Yeah, not impossible, but certainly much more difficult. And I think the two that you mentioned, Jamal Murray back and Kawhi Leonard back, are obviously the the big ones. I, I'm I'm just thinking back to the playoff run, and it wasn't that long ago, but there was okay, so on that on that infamous Friday, when the Suns were up two games to none over the Dallas Mavericks, and you and I were in here doing the show, and we were having an honest conversation about whether by the time we came in on Monday, the series was going to be over or not, because the Suns were just dominating the Dallas Mavericks. There was one article in particular I remember clear as day you and I talking about, and that was from John Hollinger, again, over at The Athletic who wrote an article saying, look, guys, the best player in the playoffs so far has been Chris Paul, and it's not close. 
I mean, he he's been the best. And that remember that was his birthday. I think he turned thirty seven that day in Dallas, yeah. and yeah. it was just like he was a different dude. The rest of the series, he 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 got labeled the best player in the playoffs that morning on that website. And after the next week and a half, we were all scratching our head trying to figure out what in the hell happened well, to Chris Paul on May third when the Suns are up two nothing. I said the Mavs are playing chess with a queen and a bunch of pawns. No bishops, knights, rooks. And that was in reference to they've got Luca, but they got nothing else. And I also said the Mavs' only path to victory got to win Florida, Texas, California, New York. And they did. And they did. <laughs> they did. They did the politically they did. They impossible. Ronald Reagan. They won all the red states and all the blue states. Yeah. It doesn't work that way anymore. Yeah. Right. Um, like, it just didn't seem like no, it didn't it seem didn't. like that a chance. But Chris Paul, and look, Chris Paul is an all-everything player. He's a surefire Hall of Famer. Chris Paul has nothing, has nothing left in his career that requires any kind of explanation other than he was one of the best point guards to ever play except that missing championship. And there have been lots of guys in this league. We could, you and I could do dueling gambos over <laughs> guys who have, have been Hall of Fame players and haven't won a championship. It's not a crime. It's not anything that's going to define Chris Paul when it's all said and done. We'll recognize him for, for what he was, one of the best ever to play his position. But in the context of last season, I would agree. Chris Paul's got a lot to prove because he vanished. And now you have to worry about him vanishing again. And now you have to protect yourself if you're the Suns against him vanishing again. He's just running out of time to prove, not yeah. to prove that he's a great player. No, like nothing could take that away. It's not about proving that you're a great player. You're, you're a surefire Hall of Famer, one of the greatest point guards to ever play the game. To prove that you can lead a team to a championship. Okay, which so many great players did not do, and it haunts them forever. It haunts Barkley and Ewing and Malone and Stockton. It haunts those guys. Um, I mean, 30 years later, I mean, Shaq is still making fun of Barkley for never having won one. So to prove that you can take a team and lead it to a championship, you've had many opportunities. You've been with the Clippers, you've been with the Rockets, you've been with some good teams. You've had, you've got a, a really good team here. Can you lead them to a championship? Yeah, You're running out of time. And I think even more than that, just that guy that he was in games three, four, five, six, and seven. That's not me. I'm not that guy. I'm not going to be that guy again when we get to that situation. I think that's what he has to prove. But if we're making a list of people who have something to prove this year with the Suns, it's a it's a long list. And I, I mentioned this earlier, and I believe in this pound for pound. I don't know if there's anybody in this roster who has more to prove than campaign. I mean, he's literally. Are are, are you are you going to be the backup point guard on this team or not? Are you good enough to do it or not? They haven't addressed that. They haven't addressed backup point guard. Not yet, but they still can. They, they still they can, can this yeah. offseason, and yeah. they can at the trade deadline. Trade if deadline, they want. buyout market, absolutely, they can. So maybe they want to give campaign an opportunity, especially with Javel gone and Dario back, because obviously Dario helps Cam because he spreads the floor. He, sure. He could go outside, he could run an offense, and he takes a lot of the bigs away from the basket, where Javel doesn't do that. Well, I'd say that's going to be an early season test then for campaign. 100%. How much, how much better does Dario make you? Because if campaign is still that erratic backup point guard, that he was for most of last year. He had little pockets, but most of last year he was erratic and in the postseason, he was virtually unplayable. If he's that guy and he has Dario next to him, 
you're the Suns. You've got to go out and get a backup point guard at the deadline. Have to. Non-negotiable. You're just not going to be able to live with that guy again. And that's why it might be better to just save assets for the trade deadline might be. and not do anything right now. Might be. Because as much then you as might I be like a Bogdanovich and these other guys, you might want to see how it plays out and see what what is your greater need. Is it a power forward who could post up? Is it a backup point guard? You might be better off just kind of waiting and seeing what you need come the deadline. As long as you're willing to do something at the deadline. Because let's be honest, the Suns last year at the deadline probably could have done a little bit more than they did. Uh, you you know, in the year before, probably could have did a little bit more Tory than Craig they did. didn't do it for you last year? No, Eric Gordon would have done it for me last year. Mm. The go-for-it mentality would have done it for me last year because they were in go-for-it mode and they still are. And I'm fine with punting your assets and trading your assets to the trade deadline as long as you're willing to do it when you get there because I, I tell you we're going to come to the trade deadline and we're going to we're going to hear the same old stuff coming out of the Suns oh no we're who who can we get at the deadline who's going to be better than this guy who who can we get at the deadline who's going to be better than Devin Booker or DeAndre Eaton that's not the point the point is to prepare yourself for emergencies that you can't foresee they did a really poor job of that last year at the deadline Really poor job of it. Yeah, they. Uh, the feeling was that that if you went out and got an Eric Gordon, how many minutes is he going to play? When you're going to play Book and Paul all those minutes in the postseason, and how many minutes is the guy going to play? Is he going to be happy playing 10, 11 minutes a game? He'd be happy saving their bacon in the playoffs against wow. the Dallas Mavericks. That's for sure. Yeah. I would have been happy with him because, saving their bacon in the playoffs. Because what we want to see is not as much as you know we value Chris Paul. We want to see Monty, you know, quickly. Determine if a guy is doesn't have it, yeah. and not just try to ride him the whole game and say, "Listen, this isn't your game." Let's see if somebody else can pick it up. And while we're on the topic, there's another guy who has a little something to prove this year. That's Monty Williams, hundred percent. Got complete. He got out coached. Got out coached against New Orleans. He got way out coached against Dallas. And even though he's the coach of the year, and even though he's all the amazing things he's accomplished, make no mistake, Monty's got work to do this year. He's not going to get fired. He's not like in any kind of trouble. He's just got a contract extension. He's not in jeopardy, but he's got work to do. Yes. No, there's no question he does. I mean, that Dallas series, they're up 2 nothing, and Dallas makes a whole bunch of adjustments, and the Suns barely made any. They, they, they just made a couple of player adjustments, but no in-game adjustments. When we come back on the Burns in Gambo show, we talked about Kyler doing it. We wondered if Hollywood Brown was going to do it, and now we're currently wondering, is Marcus Golden holding in from the Arizona Cardinals? That's coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo, what's on tonight? Locally, nobody. Diamondbacks are off tonight. They're back at it tomorrow against the Chicago White Sox. We'll see who out of the bullpen fails to pick up a win tomorrow. Uh, in the meantime, oh. sorry, that was cold. That, that was, you know what? It, it, Man. That was unnecessary. You it. That was unnecessary. I'm sorry. That was, that was, that was, that was, this is sad. It was, was not necessary. I'm not usually like that. I don't know why. Well, well, I mean, going into September, it's going to be required that all starting pitchers finish the game no matter what. That's right. Uh-huh. It's going to be the way it's, it's going to be. be one of those. Mm-hmm. It's going to be one of those Edwin Jackson yes. no hitter, 167 pitch type performances yes. that we're going to need. Eric Kelly's at 175 <laughs> pitches in the eighth. <laughs> the Lavello, nobody warming up in the bullpen. Uh, sorry, that was mean. I shouldn't have said uh. that. So locally, nothing on tonight. Um, across the country, 
Of course, there are some baseball games. There's also preseason football. The NFL Network right now is broadcasting the Packers and the Chiefs. Green Bay's up 7-3. to three. Then also tonight is the debut of the new Amazon Prime Video Thursday night game. Al Michaels oh. and Kirk Herbstreet are calling that that's the Al your, Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet. Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet are the Thursday night national broadcast team. All right, how old is Al Michaels? Just guess. Seventy four. I'm gonna say he has to be eighty. I'm gonna look it up. Al Michaels age. Seventy-seven. Now we were right in the middle. We were right in the middle. At seventy-four, I had eighty. Um, I was born in nineteen forty-four. He and Kirk Herbstreit are calling games, but they're on Amazon Prime now. If the home team, like in the home markets of the two teams, you can watch the game on like a local affiliate or something like that, so you don't have to be an Amazon Prime member. But if you want to watch Thursday Night Football and you don't live in the market, you have to have Amazon Prime. That's the that's the new Thursday Night package, and it's Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreit, which seems like a really Odd pairing. So you would go to like you because I have I have Amazon Prime. You would just go to like you would like you would watch a TV show. Yeah, exactly. And there would just and be the just game. Like up. you go to Amazon Prime and it shows you all the shows and movies yeah. you can watch on Prime. And right next to the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, there's huh. the football game. You go, okay, I'll just wow. click on that and watch it. Yeah, times, oh, that's the times they'd be a change in. Look, I, next year NFL Sunday Ticket, it's gonna be on. Apple or Amazon or Disney Plus or something like that. It's that's this is the last year of its contract with DirecTV, so it's going to go to one of those streaming services. That's good. Then everybody can make the switch to Contour TV from Cox. Hell, Pac, much better. Pac-12 football games might be on a streaming service like Apple or Amazon. Well, we might or be something saying like we, that. What is the Pac-12 a year from now? <laughs> we might be. We might be. So that's what's on tonight. Uh, on the, pick the Pac-12 games next year. Will be on the Big 12 Network. Work. I'll probably catch some of yes. that Amazon game when I get home. So I'm curious to see how Michaels and, and Herb Street sound together. It does seem... Because remember, everybody moved. Listen, the big, you, you didn't catch the big news today. You totally missed the big news. What was the, what did, Brock and Sock are back. What? Brock and Sock are back. They are? They're back. Our Seattle guys are back. Our Seattle guys are back. Well, are, are they podcasting, doing a show? So it gives you hope that when, when me and you, when I retire, that maybe someday I can come back and do the show with you. They're doing six to ten now. They're back. Really? We, yep, they are back. Brock and Sock return to mornings on Seattle Sports 710. Oh, we got to get those guys on. Yep, I talked to Brock today. Those are our guys. We got to get those guys on. Brock is rejoining Mike on the weekday morning show. You have the cat call before we end the show. You got to give me the cat call. <laughs> They're getting the band back together. Mornings once again belong to Brock and Sock on Seattle Sports. Hugely, hugely established and highly esteemed. I don't know about all that. Know about all that. <laughs> we want to welcome them back. Oh, all, our... all the cats in heat in Seattle. Oh, God. Yes. Oh, God. The Energetic duo is back to the Seattle sports airwaves with their unparalleled mix of insider access and expert analysis. Brock texted you about this today? Yes, I talked to Brock. Well, I, I, I read it and then I texted Brock. And oh, okay. He uh, texted me back. Offended. He didn't text me about this. We gotta well, those, he's not really friends with you. <laughs> we got to get those guys yeah, he on. Basically, told me that Salk needs some help. We, gotta, we always have Brock on. Why do we never have Salk on? Because he sounds like a cat in heat. <laughs> because, because that's him. Play is that, that again. Is that because why? this is Sock. Play that again. That wasn't Brock. That was Sock. <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would like to have Sock on one of these days. The coordinator was hugely, hugely established and highly esteemed. I don't know about all that. I don't know about all that.
honestly, I love those guys. I really honestly, do. in our 11 years, that might be like top yeah. 10 soundbite ever. I just, I'm thrilled to come back on the air with Mike Sock, though I feel like I never left, said Heward. My heart and passion of the Pacific Northwest community, its teams, and its fans. Good for them. On September 6th, the Daily Connection begins again. Good for them. Let's get, let's get those guys back on. Let's get those guys back it's on. big. Yeah, let's do that. Let's get those guys back on. That's yeah. fun. That's fun. That's fun stuff. All right. Um, in our few minutes left here, we got the the big red rage. And I'm sorry, Mitch, you told me. Remind me who the special guest Dennis is. Dennis Gardeck. Dennis Gardeck is the special guest of the big red rage today. Um, Marcus Golden. We haven't really talked about this yet, and we only have I'm a couple sorry. minutes to talk about it. I'm sorry. No, it's sorry. fine. It's fine. Sorry. No, it's, it's, we weren't going to talk about it much today. Is Marcus Golden holding in? It looks like it. It does, doesn't I mean, it? Yeah, I talked to a, another player. I was asked, you know, and they like, like, like he's just gotta, they gotta, uh, they gotta pay the guy. But yeah, I think it's possible. I think it's possible that that that's what it looks like. I'm not sure why they're not getting, like give him a minute. Listen, somebody was throat that maybe just pay him an extra million dollars, you know, so he has something like you know, so he can walk away with a little win, you know, a little pride. Give him an extra million just for the year. You've got your seventeen, eighteen million under the cap. Do it. Yeah, it it does. <laughs> I mean, he's got a toe injury. He hasn't practiced since. He hasn't practiced since the tweet, right? Didn't he? He tweeted he came on August first. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The one yeah. about underpaid, yeah. underappreciated, uh-huh. under whatever. And then he came on with us and he explained the tweet. And he said, "Yeah, he would like a new contract." I don't think he's practiced since. And and he's got some leverage. They don't have anybody. No, he doesn't have, have anybody proven. They don't have anybody proven. He does have a little bit. So he's of got a little bit of leverage to try to get some more money. He's got out of a little deal. flex here. And and look, I mean, the Cardinals do. They have the upper hand in that they sign under the contract, and he signed it. But it would be beyond a nice gesture. He's probably earned a little bit of a raise, but. You know, as we've said many times, how often have guys who are overpaid in the NFL gone to management and said, hey, you know what? I'm making way too much money. I'm not playing all the ball. You can have some back. Doesn't really work that way either, right? You know, when guys are overpaid sure. yeah. and overvalued, they, there's no give backs there. So I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. They need them. They better figure something out. I think they will. I can't imagine them not having them to start the season. It's going to do it. We're out of here. Big Red Rage is next. I'm on vacation starting tomorrow. Gamble, you take us home. Have a great night, everyone. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. Oh.